welcome to the Switch Clicks podcast, episode 17, recorded on October 29th, 2020. In this episode, we're going to talk about the latest Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, The Crown Tundra. We'll also be discussing if Game Freak should continue the release of DLC for future Pokemon titles. My name is Dakota, and today I'm joined by Tyler. Hello. Jake Jeet. Hello there. And a returning guest, Callie. I have written the Mighty Moonworm. So about a week ago, uh, they released the new Pokemon DLC, The Crown Tundra. Uh, that's part two of the two-part expansion pass. Uh, everybody looks like they are enjoying it so far, I'm assuming. Uh, so what do you guys think of it? I will start off with Callie. Well, um, I'm going to say this. I did kind of... It is actually a really entertaining story, and it actually was kind of a refresher to get more adventure have be more interactive and everything and ironically enough while we were recording this i'm actually have the game open i would hope so so most of us do it it's like it's a like the new content it makes the game so more addictive too and i'm actually having a really fun time beating up all my enemies again I, you mentioned the addictive nature, and I think they definitely pulled a lot of people in with the uh, Dynamax adventures. Um, I personally, it's not my style, but uh, I, I definitely enjoy the couple times I do play through it. Yeah, Dynamax adventures, like, it, it's really, really fun. Uh, I like the roguelike aspects, especially. Like, roguelike is probably one of my favorite genres, and it's really cool to see Pokemon incorporate that into a side mini game kind of thing. And I think what was interesting for me was the starter Pokemon that you got. Because I don't know if everyone else got this, but it seems a lot of people got Suicune as their first thing, as their first legendary Pokemon. I think it could be a default. That was a default, unless you had Shield, which that... gave you Kyogre. The chance for Kyogre. Um, I'm pretty sure the first one I did, I got Reshiram. Oh, the first one I got was uh, Suicune, and I named it after my best friend. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people get Suicune. Maybe maybe I got Suicune, I lost, and I forgot about it. Like, you know, shoved it to the back of my mind. Don't want to remember those losses. But I know Rishiram was the first one I kept, for sure. I I remember that especially because uh, Rishiram is is just a legendary I enjoy, because when I was like... 11, I caught a Reshiram and thought I was super clever and named it Rush Hour. So I've always been, uh, I've always had, ah, I've always had fun catching Reshiram to reprise my 11 year old memories. I was going to say, I think for me, what kind of made everything really nice was in the, in the adventure thing was the fact that you could also get specific Pokemon through the after you complete the whole little main story thing, you can talk to his daughter and get like, and she'll find specific ones and she'll give you directions toward that one, which makes it ever really cool. Oh, I actually didn't know. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, and if you actually have a legendary that you caught from the Dynamax Adventure and you first first in the party, she'll give you the pathing for that legendary. But you can't catch it again, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, but it could help help for shield sword and shield exclusives. Because there are a lot. Oh. So if you haven't caught, like, I guess if you, like, transfer a Rushy Ram from Black to Sword and Shield, 
It has to be caught in the game. But if someone caught oh. it already, they do the pathing. You can just ask them if you can join and you can keep the oh, path. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. It's not like I have a Mewtwo from a previous game. Now I can go find Mewtwo. Yeah, it's not like that. Okay. So Tyler, uh, what's your general thesis statement? I, I've spent way too long trying to get a shiny. Still haven't. But uh, I think most of the... You could call it fun, but most of the time I spent was trying to catch all the new legendaries that show up, like the Regis, mostly the Regis. The Regis took me like four or five hours to catch in total because they wouldn't get into my Pokeballs. Use timer balls. Oh, that, yeah, I was just mashing Dusk Balls and hoping because I'm like, this is a dark area. It counts. The Reggie adventure, I, I know there's more to it. Um, I'm not sure how many people here have actually know what like the final part of the reggie adventure is i think just the base i there's like a final thing i think when you get all the reggies but i haven't personally experienced it i just know what happens and i don't want to spoil it because apparently it's really cool the final part is getting Regigigas. you need to have all five so jg how how do you like the crown chandra honestly from what i like from everything that i've been doing it's actually probably one of the best dlcs we've made Com- comparatively of the two but yeah i actually like it like going through every single area every single chapter of the game how you find the birds they have a special cutscene and everything and then you go to uh, the reggies they have a special puzzles and then you go find calyrex and you learn about his story which actually isn't that bad of a story kind of like, like uh, i like how story driven the game is then there's a surprisingly super- yeah, like surprisingly, it's really story is really good, and how like each chapter actually has a meaning towards the DLC. In fact, it's this considered the post game rather than Nile of Armor or like catching Zashi and Zamazenta. Those don't really feel like a post game story. You you briefly mentioned the birds and the cool cutscene. I'm just gonna like just say how like comparatively the cutscenes in. Uh, the Crown Tundra are really well animated compared to like, or they're more expressive compared to like the uh, not being able to catch Eternatus in the main story, or I don't remember any of the other cutscenes. Uh, that has a weird walking animation. <laughs> yeah, I was about to mention that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Crown Tundra had like really nice animation in the cutscenes. Sword and Shield has a big problem with animation in general, but I don't want to get into that. I mean, it's just. This is the DLC that they've been working on because I know Isle of Armor was finished before the game's release. That was done with the game. And then it was mm. Isle of Armor, this is what they were focused on. So I guess it all just comes back to me, uh, full circle. Uh, I am a little bit mixed on the DLC, on the specifically <gasps> Crown Tundra. Hot take. <laughs> all right, but... <laughs> cutting this part out. You're not allowed to talk. I... I will give a warning. I haven't finished all of it. I have fu- I finished the main Kyrex uh, story, and I caught the birds. And I haven't done anything extra other than that. But uh, in my opinion, I think uh, it's a little bit too grindy, almost. Not grindy. Grindy is not the right word. I'd say there's almost too much to do. I feel a little bit overwhelmed uh, that I'll have to redo uh, the Dynamax adventures about a hundred times to get all the legendaries that I want to finish the Pokedex if I wanted to do it that way, um, which personally I would have to. Uh, the whole 
the area, I think, is almost, I feel, I feel it's kind of bare. I'm kind of walking around and there's like two parts, I'd say three parts. There's the snowy mountain, there's the watery area by the giant uh, red tree, and then there is uh, kind of like the main, the middle farm area. And uh, I'm only walking around it and I feel like I've caught all the Pokemon already. So I have I, I have little incentive to, um, I guess, run into any of the Pokemon. Well, have you not been in the caves? There's a couple of caves here and there. I, I have went into the caves, and on some of them I have found all the paw prints or whatever. Um, I actually really like that, and I prefer it over the Alolan Diglets. I feel like it's a little <laughs> bit more satisfying just to find a bunch in a pool. <laughs> the Diglets. I mean, I think everyone I has an opinion on the little. I, I collected like twenty and said, "I'm not doing this." Like, I don't know what the reward is for it. Hidden abilities like Alolan starters in every single Alolan form. If nobody can tell, JG is definitely a tryhard of the group. Uh, excuse me, I also went there. I also got all of them too. Well, I better call you out too. <laughs> I'd like my certified tryhard ticket, please. Um. I'm just going to put out here, I have a heavy disagree with, I think you said that uh, you found the places a little bare, which was actually, I was going to have the reverse point, if I really like how these DLCs have uh, looked so much more, like there's been so much, the Crown Tundra has the caves, the, like, everything about it, like, it's so dynamic, and uh, even the Isle of Armor had, like, the the forest paths and stuff it's just so much better than the wild area which is like one of the more disappointing things i think in base swish is like um they have the wild area which was like a big selling point but all it is is like i i don't know I, i'm gonna base it off the the big empty field in ocarina of time but then i realized i don't know the name i don't play legend of zelda is it feel. termina field well, Hyrule Field. Oh, well, it's not Hyrule One of Field. Them. I think it's. I don't it, know. Nathan, I don't know. It it's big, big and empty was my point. Like, but the DLCs have like really fixed that, which is nice. And that it kind of feels maybe a little bit like the Game Freak was listening to the um, some of the constructive criticism. So I can't agree that overall. Yeah, it's a. It's definitely uh, more packed. I think uh, there are a lot of stuff to look at um but it didn't nothing really caught my eye other than the church at the top and the tree at the bottom um and after you do those cutscenes, there's not much to do in them what did you not find the reggie drago alecky shrine i haven't yet? done any of the reggie stuff so oh okay. maybe i'm missing out but yeah you're missing if, a lot of stuff if i may mention something you didn't notice when you went up to the castle how it looked kind of similar to some to a place in breath of the wild Specifically, the mountain going up to the Spring of Wisdom. So I did, I'm not sure if it's the same thing you're talking about, but I did notice that when I went through like almost like the birch trees with all the moths around, I don't know, I don't remember the Pokemon's name. Um, and then there was an Frost opening in, in the rocks and you could see like a lot of stuff going on. I saw the moths that were kind of just floating there. I thought that was really cool um, and that you could kind of go up there and see where I think... Articuno was flying, so you could get a sense of where, which I thought was a really cool idea. Now I do have to admit that the the Ky Kyle Rex uh, storyline was really cool, 
but it was almost a uh, a dash f- to get stuff for him. It was okay. Go out and get this item, and go back to the little town. Go out and get this item. Go back to the little town. Oh, we're gonna move over here. Okay, now we're gonna go up to the top, yeah, and then go back down. It was very repetitive, and I kind of got sick of that little town after a while. I have a similar ish like. That's like my only my only gripe, which is also almost a positive point, is I think um, the Calyrex story was a little short, kind of felt like a side quest rather than a main story, which kind of I twist into a positive point. Like, I hope there is like side quests or something that are like nearly this fleshed out and like just ne- whatever the next game comes out, like the... If they have like side quests with the same amount of stuff to do as like the short as short it is the Calyrex story, I'd be very happy. This I was originally pretty pessimistic about uh, the future of the Pokemon games, but Crown Tundra has put a little bit of optimism back in me. So uh, I I was thinking like uh, for future Pokemon games, they could definitely add more uh side quests like almost uh almost like a genshin impact style where you have the main quest and uh which is like the, the gym leaders but then you have smaller quests that you can do for other characters and maybe you'll get specific items or whatever or even leveling up your pokemon or something but instead of just one straight line and then everybody has the same uh i guess the same gameplay with different Pokemon, uh, you can instead have multiple people have completely different gaming styles, but they always beat the same game almost. My, I'm just gonna put this out there. My ideal Pokemon game, like if I was creative director, even though most of this is probably never gonna happen, like a Pokemon game with like 16 gyms, where you only need eight to get to the Elite Four, and the other eight maybe gives you a little bit of boost so the Elite Four is easier. So, like, eight with eight uh, badges, Elite Four is, like, possible, but legitimately difficult. But then it's, like, maybe, like, an open-world kind of thing. You know, with uh, Breath of the Wild and the... I haven't played the game. Big stone giant things? Guardians? No, Guardians are the laser beam things. I don't know what they're called, but, like, where you can choose to fight Ganon, or you can make it easier by doing all like the side content it's kind of like the idea with gyms in the elite four just like a divine beast divine beast that's what it's called yeah but like instead of divine beast it's pokemon gyms to make the elite four easier it's just like that were apparently like the rumors from back in the days i think eventually it will but uh, uh speaking of choice in a pokemon game um theoretically if you had to choose between the Isle of Armor or the Crown Tundra, you had to choose one of them and completely erase the other one, uh, I guess, from your mind or somebody else's or the world, I guess. Uh, which one would you pick? I'd keep both. Those are, both of them are needed. <laughs> Theoretically, you got to choose one. Hmm. Well, you see, there's a lot of different, like, things, like... I have, like, a list of things about each one that I like. I like both of them equally. I'm kind of biased toward Crown Tundra because of the Galarian Star Tournament that I have been 
I have to grind six hours in now. So you'd get but... rid completely of, uh, like, yeah. So you'd choose Crown Tundra and delete the Isle of Armor. I mean, I'd do the same. I, I think the other one's I mean, better. no, not really, because I liked Isle of Armor because it also helped, after I like, completed the main story in Isle of Armor, it helped give more story to Hop. And I loved seeing the gym leaders all around on the island, like, gym leader around on the island and be able to talk to them and then harass speed by uh just annoying the snot of him by being right next to him but being able to see the gym leaders outside the gym and not in battle that's kind of like the big thing that i wish count tundra also did and and mm. i wish we could see more of like sonia and hop afterwards because after you complete Sonya's quest, they go back to the lab and they never come out unless it's the battle. And that's something I really wish they they had it. So all the gym leaders, including the two retired ones, and Hop and Marnie, would just visit the island, visit um, Kratunjo, and like walk like look around and stuff because it would be a great place for them to explore. I like um even the little bit like in Gen Five when all the in uh, black and white when all the gym leaders like stop the sages which is like a, it's been talked about a lot but it's like a cool moment like seeing gym leaders interact with more than just I'm the boss of this pretty much dungeon and that's it like um I think Sword and Shield like I have favorites of the gym leaders. But, like, um, I have Sword, so I don't remember his name. The Rock-type gym leader? Super Gordon. forgettable. His design wasn't that great, and uh, um, he did a flip. That's all I remember. He did he did a flip. But other than that, like, he was pretty forgettable. The only one I really remember... Like, I remember some, but... I don't know, I just feel it. it's... Pokemon games have struggled with, like, giving gym leaders a personality is more of a personality. The only like the anime and uh Twilight Wings, that those are like continued on like gym leader stories, giving them more of a personality. I just kinda wish that was in the game. Like in the game, most gym leaders boil down to you're gonna meet them one time and it's in the gym and most of the time you're gonna beat them pretty easily. <laughs> like unless it's like Whitney in Gen 2. Well I mean Galarian Star Tournament kinda just you're battling. You're now battling them multiple times with each yeah, team actually having dialogue. So, so for those who are probably listening and probably wondering what the hell is the Galarian Star Tournament, it's basically it's a fifteen. You have fifteen. They give the fifteen characters you've unlocked that you can get, and you battle. It's a double battle. Well, actually, multi battle. But you battle against the old gym leaders and. You can battle with the old gym leaders too. And what's really cool about it is that sometimes you'll get unique dialogue. Like, for example, when you have Hop on your team and you're going against Bead, Bead will be actually salty toward him. And Hop, instead of how he usually in the main story kind of like held back, he's actually salty right back. And it's kind of nice too because it helps you learn how to work with different types of Pokemon in different situations. Like 
with Braylon and Gordy, you have to learn how to deal with their Pokemon's abilities, like Sandstorm or... God forbid. Wait, so you mentioned they're salty towards each other, so they both roast each other and just fight about it? Well, they do have like little unique lines between them, and then you battle them, and then when the battle starts, you get a unique line from you get a line, a unique line from the two people, and then you initiate the battle. And it, and it's a little weird how they do it. So how like the Dynamaxing works in this area because you have two people. So let's say you're versing on the upper part, it's you, and on the bottom part, it's Leon. And on the upper part, on the other side, is Nessa, and the bottom part is Kabu. It alternates so it's you and Kabu are able to Dynamax, and then Leon and Nessa. And it alternates like that. I mean, that kind of balances out that you can't have two Dynamax per game, I mean, like, per battle. And what's also interesting, I just looked this up to figure out what it was, but apparently if you battle with each person once, you then unlock Swordbert and Shieldbert. So we get the annoying jerkwads again. Um, for me, I would choose probably the Isle of Armor. I think I prefer it. <laughs> I like I like the story just a little bit more, uh, but they're both honestly pretty even. I like catching Pokemon, so having having them unlock a bunch of new Pokemon for me was really cool. Um, I feel like I've caught all the ones in the Crown, Crown Tundra. Meanwhile, I haven't played most of it, but that's just how it is, I guess. Um, I felt like I was a lot more engaged with the Isle of Armor, uh, but with the Crown Crown Tundra, I've been kind of just uh, zoning out and playing the game, almost maybe not enjoying it, but that's, I guess that's how I play games. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the Crown. Yeah, another problem with the Crown Tundra is the lack of trainers, which the Isle of Armor has. Uh, it's not like it wasn't one of your points, but. There's like other than Galarian Star Tournament, it's like one one battle with Peony, and then other than that, there's no other trainer battles. Oh yeah, now that you mention it, I I haven't battled a single trainer. Hey you, did you know that 66% of people who watch our videos have not subscribed yet? I know it's insane. I haven't you subscribed yet? Go ahead and subscribe. So we can move on to our uh, final end topic, I'd say. Um, the question is, should Game Freak continue making DLC, or should they just go straight back to making third games? Um, I want to say uh, I prefer the third game. Hot take, hot take. I personally like the DLC, like having DLC other than third, than third games. DL- DLC. All the way. Sorry, I like a game like Emerald is pretty much DLC already, and it just costs more now. Yeah, like the only problem with DLC is it removes the chance for like Gen Four remakes or Gen like remakes and like a Black and White Two kind of situation. That's the only problem I think with uh, adding DLC is it removes a chance for a brand new Pokemon game because Pokemon Emerald. Like, if Pokemon Emerald was, like, 40 bucks, uh, or Diamond and Pearl were, like, 40-ish bucks when they came out, 
you bought them, you had a good time, and now you're spending forty more dollars on basically the same game with a little bit of added content. So that but that's me. Back to Callie. <laughs> um. Well, I really like DLC because I like games like them adding more story and stuff because they how they're kind of like adding stories. How I asked add more story to Fire Emblem Three Houses. We got more background on all the characters with the DLC. And we got more like adventures and different modes and stuff. And like the huge problem I had with Platinum, Emerald, Black and White 2 is that they didn't, it's like they kept the same story, but they didn't expand more on the characters' backstories and stuff. With the Sword and Shield, we learned more about Rose than if we got a third game for it. Mm-hmm. And we got more content to do because this is a very, it's a very popular game and people are really enjoying it. I'm actually part of a community where we generally just have fun going on raids together and taking on different challenges. Cough, cough, unless you're on Twitter, cough, cough. <laughs> and I know like a lot of people would be more excited with third game, but with what companies are now doing with DLCs, and I'm thinking Mario is kind of, the Mario franchise kind of is kind of doing well with it as long as The Legend of Zelda, but I do think they can improve. Like, I know Sword and Shield's DLC can improve by maybe having sometimes villagers give little mini quests and stuff, and little mini missions, like in three houses where you get little mini missions out throughout the story even after you complete the DLC. So I just wish that they would do that and they would have more interactions with the characters' families, the the professors, and the champion, and the gym leaders, because I'm not going to lie, the gym leaders in this game have to be my favorite. I will say I hate oh. Bead with a passion, but I really would like to... I know we have their lead cards, but I would like to get to know them more on like a personal level because they're really fun. And I know Twilight Wings has been helping with that, but if we could do that in the base game, that'd be no nice. Uh, I do want to say after watching the animation of uh, the Crown Tundra, um, I do feel like they could, uh, well, actually, also, also with the mix of that, uh, the music video they accompanied with the announcement of uh, Crown Tundra, I feel like they should hire some anime company to do all the um i guess cutscenes of the game and i feel like that would be a cool art direction they could go instead of just okay make anime 3d they could probably get some more anime tours because i'm a little tired of uh the cut to black and suddenly something's happened like uh for example when peony is like pretty much dead on the ground it cuts to black now he's standing up like could have animated that, but I guess it's not in the budget or they don't have people that would do that. That's just a, another little gripe. Just sprinkling them it's out not the video. Budget. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon's the biggest multimedia franchise in the world, yet they can't animate the trainer putting the crown on top of the wooden Calyrex. Um, I will say this, and I don't know if you guys know like the voice actor for 
Claude Von Regan, um, Joe Ziza, but he kind of pointed out it would have been nice if they had voice acting in Pokemon. Like, I would love to be able to associate Hop and Leon and everyone else with a voice instead of it being in the anime. It would have been pretty cool. And I know in one of his videos, yeah. he actually voice acted a lot of the characters and not gonna lie his voice for sonia's i was actually kind of scared that uh i i heard before i started playing mm. the game i heard people kind of hyping it up it, oh this cool thing happens um and then well, i think the uh, cool thing was kyrex was taking over uh what's the main character what's that other character's body well anyways yeah when he takes over i was worried that uh the the with Kyrex's voice, I thought it was about to be actual voice acting for a second, so I quickly plugged plug, plug, plug in my headphones, and I was incredibly disappointed that I wasn't. For some reason, I held myself up. It might have been a little jarring if suddenly there was legitimate voice acting in a Pokemon game. Just like one, like a Just few like a scenes. Super <laughs> sexy, deep voice that for some reason yeah, is like super anime, almost. I would rather prefer DLC because the third game would just, I don't know. If you look at what Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon did, I don't want that anymore. It was fun, but it's just a one. Another story, they could have easily just done that on the base. But, you know, I don't want a third story. I'd rather have DLC. Adds more onto it so they could continue to add expand onto a game rather than just say, hey, we're going to make it a final version. This is it. I think the general thesis is that the Crown Tundra was really good, and they should probably continue doing DLC. And that's it's definitely not my opinion, but it's definitely the group's opinion. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Callie, for joining us today. Um, it's, it was really helpful with other people that know more about Pokemon. No problem. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of the Pokemon DLC, the Crown Tundra. Thank you, Callie, for joining us again with your useful Pokemon insight. Be sure to check her out on Twitter. Link in description. We'd also love it if you would follow us on Twitter and listen to future episodes on Spotify and iTunes. Join our Discord for insight on future episodes. And we would love some feedback in the comments. Don't forget to drop a like and comment. See you next time on the Switch Clicks Podcast. <laughs>